Warm-ups not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Expand on that. Gosh, woke up feeling real dangerous. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome to another episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kami Amarabian, joined with my co-host, Jack Shields. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. Give us a five-star review. And Jack is back. Yep, I'm back. Where'd you Rhymes go? Too. Yeah, where, where'd you where'd you go? Where did I not go? Yeah. Um, I drove thirty six hundred miles across the western United States visiting friends for twelve days. Stopped in Denver the first night. I checked out the venue for the OU Club of Colorado where they do their watch parties. Very cool, called Stonies. It fits six to seven hundred people for OU watch parties, which is the biggest one in the country. Pretty sweet. Really cool place. Uh, they have Lincoln Riley rolls. They're egg rolls with mac and cheese inside. How did you get Did you get them? I did. Of course I did. How was that? They were outstanding. As good as you would think they are. And uh, they had an Oklahoma onion burger on there too. I could not get that. So pretty good food there. And uh, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome place to watch a OU game if you happen to live in Colorado. Granted, if you live there, I'm sure you're already going there because apparently it's a happening thing. But then, four days in Bozeman, Montana, which is where Montana State University is and where mm-hmm. one of my buddies lives, floated the uh, lower Madison River through the mountains. Pretty sweet. Yeah, what did you see? Did a you little, see, any, a see little, any grizzly bears? I did not. Thank God I did not see any grizzly bears. You don't want to see grizzly bears. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Because if they decide... They make up their mind that they don't like you. There's really nothing you can do. Yeah, they're faster. Like if you you can have bear mace and that like (laughs) helps you. That gives you like thirty seconds. Aren't you just supposed to like pretend you're dead? Yeah, maybe soil yourself. If we're relying on my acting (laughs) skills, that's not uh, yeah, not gonna be good. But anyway. Did that, played a little golf, played at elevation, which I don't know if you've played golf at elevation before, Mm -hmm. but your ball will carry more. And you feel very strong. Yeah, makes sense. But, yeah, I hit like a 300-yard drive off the first tee, and then it went all downhill from there. But I did have that drive. It's like punters from Colorado that always have great seasons. Mason Crosby was a kicker at Colorado, wasn't he? And he turned out to be a very good kicker in the NFL, but he used to just... Rip those things. Oh, God. 65-yarders. Are you kidding me? Pretty fun to watch. But anyway, then... Drove to L.A. with a stop in Salt Lake City in between. Sorry. And went to the Good Burger pop-up. Pretty cool in West Hollywood. So I didn't go to L.A. just for the Good okay. Burger pop-up, if you were going to ask Welcome that. to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. May I take your order? Yeah. But, um, yeah, Kel Mitchell was not there, <laughs> but he does pop through there. Oh. He was not there when we were there, That's unfortunately. The point. Did, you get the, did you get Ed's secret sauce? Yes, I did. It was... Uh, it's basically Thousand Island, yeah, as you would imagine. But like, uh, we're good. <laughs> they had a spiked orange soda. It definitely had tequila in it. Kel loves orange soda, man. He does, he does, he does. But like, uh, yeah, it was like garnished with a lime and stuff like that. It was made all fancy. 
it was thirteen dollars. <laughs> Jeez, man! Towards soda, it was so stupid. Was it? I good mean, though? it was it was quite a racket. I mean, yeah, it was good, but like, yeah, it was this these things these pop ups are basically created for people to come and have their like Instagram opportunities and yeah. stuff like that. They just rake in cash while they're open. It's California. Yeah, it's California, and I think another example of this. Uh, it was in Austin for South by Southwest. I think it was like a year or two ago. They had a Poyos Hermanos mm-hmm. from uh, Breaking Bad. And obviously they raked in a bunch of cash from that. But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm one of those suckers who went to it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Worth it, I guess. And uh, went to Huntington Beach oh, where they nice. had the U.S. Open of surfing wow. going on. So we got to watch that like from the boardwalk. Heck yeah, man. Pretty sweet. But anyway... Yeah, and L.A. was cool. Stayed with my buddy there. I'm going to go back out there for the UCLA game, so looking forward to that. I have to go to a wedding or else I'd be there for I the I have UCLA to go to a wedding, too, but I'm choosing not to go to the Man, wedding. So. I get, I'm, uh, you're just... I don't know. I feel like if, you're not, if, if, if it's not family yeah. and you're not in the wedding and you don't have a date, right. then yeah. if you've already dropped money on a trip, you're not going to eat that money yeah. for a wedding. Oh, uh, yeah. Old friend or not. Sorry. I, yeah, that's true. I just felt bad. But I mean, if you already bought you, if I mean exactly, you, you I, I, I had an excuse. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Have, I didn't buy the tickets yet. Yeah. So there you go. I don't have a built-in excuse. Like, oh, well, yeah. But anyways, hey guys, we have a lot to talk about today. Just because fall camp is here, it is now here. They spent a day in pads. Uh, they're actually practicing this evening because the heat is so much. There's going to be a media availability, I believe, tonight at 9.30. 9.30, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's unreal. And, um, you know, yesterday is our first day with pads, and it's been a couple days without pads on the during the weekend. So we're just going to talk a lot of defense and some offense, but mostly a lot of defense. So fall camp is here. First day in pads, right? News out of camp suggests Trey Norwood suffers an injury. The Probably co- an ACL. Yeah, the coaches fear it's a pretty severe injury. He's going to get an MRI, or maybe he's already had his MRI, or maybe he's getting it tomorrow, I don't know. Um, but they fear it's pretty severe, like you might say, like an ACL. Uh, it's not confirmed, but I expect Lincoln Riley maybe tomorrow or the next couple days to come out and say he has a leg injury or a lower leg injury, like you know Caleb Kelly has a leg injury and Jordan Kelly has a leg injury, and they're not being very specific. Rodney Anderson had a leg injury. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we kind of know what it is. So they're not being specific about it, but Trey Norwood goes down, and he was working. Actually, he was battling Buki at Nickelback, and he was being played at cornerback some too. They're going to try to figure out a way maybe to get him on the field, and. As of now, from my inclination of how the se- severe the injury seems to the staff, he won't be playing this year. So staff has gone to moving uh, Justin Broyles at competition for Nickelback with Buki. And so, I mean, what does this do? Is this is this a big blow for Oklahoma's defensive secondary as far as talent? Is it a depth thing? I mean, you'd always, you'd always hate to see somebody go down, of course, mm-hmm. especially a guy that's been playing the last couple of years, and he put on weight to help in the run game, and he put on weight to really play in the nickel spot, and now it looks like he may not even play at all this year. I mean, granted, I was skeptical at how much he would improve, even with the gained weight, but you know, now who are you looking at as the second cornerback opposite Trey Brown? Right. Piemont, I guess, by yeah. default almost. So I think it's I think it has to be Parnell Motley or I mean like it is the season of it is the season of competition. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna be competing with, you know, 
Miguel Edwards and some of the younger guys, but you would think that Piedmont would probably end up being the guy, wouldn't you? I would assume it's Parnell Motley. I would assume CB1 is Trey Brown. I would assume that CB2 is probably Parnell Motley, and then Nichols is probably going to be Buki. That's what I would assume. Of course, nothing is 100% sure, but that's what I would assume. And then, of course, your nickel and Buki and your, your two safeties, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, uh, DTY and Pat Fields. But something also that's coming along is that Ryan Jones is, they moved him inside. He's a freak athlete, and he's really strong. He's really fast. I mean, he came out of high school playing wide receiver and safety. They moved him, in, they moved him outside to Sam, and then they replaced him with Caleb Kelly late last year, way too late last year. And then after that, they decided to move him inside. And he's struggling inside. And he's not quite big enough. Yeah, he's not that big enough. And he just he's just not reading things right. And he's not reading things well yet. And he's essentially a Sam linebacker. Sam linebacker and a Sam linebackerless system. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Does he fit anywhere else? Not really. So and that's a thing for, that's an issue for Oklahoma. So, I mean, in a four-two-five, because essentially that's what they're playing. They're playing in a four-two-five. There's no Sam linebacker. You have your, and you could honestly say it's a three-three-five, like over or under, or whatever you want to call it. Not really that different from what Iowa State or TCU yeah. run. I mean, I mean, they have a rush end slash linebacker. They have your two inside linebackers, and then you have a defensive end. You don't have any linebackers out any more linebackers out there. Technically, you have three linebackers out there, kind of. It depends on what the rush end is, and then you have a nickel. So he's a Sam linebacker like Caleb Kelly that he does not belong inside, and that's kind of an issue. And that's where he's at right now. So I mean, it's just this odd thing with this defense to where like, what if Caleb Kelly comes back? Because he's not coming back this year. But what if he, he's going to take a retreat year likely this year? Like the, the, the teammates are calling him Coach Kelly, you know? And let's say he comes back. Does he play inside? Because I mean, he always had the issues with fighting off blocks when he was inside. Yeah. So does that improve? I mean... And especially with Kenneth Murray, who is defensive captain, and you have Deshaun White, who is a natural weak side linebacker, which also can play inside. And his natural position is a Mike, which is an inside linebacker. We're not going to drone on about that again. <laughs> We've been droning yeah. on like crazy about so, how we think that uh, what's his face, uh, Deshaun White, should play inside. Yeah. But it's not going. I mean, I mean at Mike, but it's not going to happen. We're going to see Kenneth at Mike and him at the will. So it, fine. So, I mean, do you even foresee Caleb Kelly possibly coming in and unseating Kenneth Murray or Deshaun White? No, I don't think there's any way. No, I think he has to transfer out. And he can do very well at another school yeah, in the Big a, Ten or transfer. the SEC. I mean, so I th- I think he has to, and I could I could totally see him. I could one hundred percent see him going to the Pac twelve and going back to the West Coast where he's from, playing in some three four defense. Yeah, playing I, the Sam. I could see him going to Stanford or something like that as a grad transfer. 100%. He's a smart kid. He could play at Stanford. Yeah. And so I mean, this is giving way for inside linebackers because I mean we we've been talking about the Mike and the Will, but really in a Grinch system. They're not really Mike and Will as much as they are just inside linebackers. Yeah. So the, the 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 reads are similar, but not the same. And, I mean, if Kenneth Murray goes down, 
they're not replacing him with another like Mike linebacker. They're going to put Deshaun White in his place, and they're going to come up with another inside linebacker. And right now, the twos behind them would be Brian Mead, who actually is on scholarship now. Yep. And apparently he's as heady as any linebacker oh, yeah. on the roster, too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with giving him a crack at it. The really. coaches love him. Brian Odom loves him. He's a smart kid. He's big. He's not like a walk-on that's a small guy. He's built. Not quite as athletic as the other right, guys. But, true. I mean, if you know where you're supposed to go, you can sort of make up for yeah. that in certain ways. So he's from Victory Christian over in Atawasso, I think. But it's in the Tulsa the area. Tulsa area, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. And the other two would be... Uh, Levi Draper, who is a name that has been buried under the depth chart, but he's put in a lot of time in the weight room. He's put a lot of time in the film. He's up to almost about 245 pounds, which is massive for an inside linebacker, by the way, who can carry it and still read and play defense. And he's he's looking good in the eyes of you know Brian Odom. And I feel like if you're an Oklahoman, you kind of have to be rooting for the guy too. Yeah. Because he's... One of the best linebackers to come out of the state in quite some mm-hmm. time. He had offers from all over the place, and I think everyone's sort of rooting for him to pan out. Yeah. And it hasn't quite happened at this point, whether it was injuries or Mike Stoops not liking him or yeah. whatever. You know, it was uh, it was all sorts of stuff. But now, I mean, can he make up the ground that he lost right. over these past two years? That's a big question. But apparently, at 245, if he's the backup at one of these two linebacker positions, he's going to get run. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, and he had he the first season and a half he battled injury issues and sickness and health issues, and I just remember when he was being recruited, Forster kid, one of the top recruits in the state of Oklahoma, out of Collinsville High School, and people were like, "Oh man, he's the next Boz." It's just probably because he was white and played inside linebacker. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But I mean, it you know you're just rooting for him because you always hear about Oklahoma products, and he's always wanted to play at Oklahoma. And he's just like battled these injuries. So Mead and Draper, they're your twos right now. With Brian Asamoa, he's working in there, kinda. But right now, your ones are, of course, Kenneth Murray and Deshaun White. And then your twos are first would be Brian Mead, second would be Levi Draper. So that makes sense. Right now, the safety is getting work with the ones most exclusively because right now you have a ton of safeties, you have a ton of defensive backs which was not the case like two or three years ago. You have a ton of them. They're just trying to figure out where they go. Like It's like the offensive line. You're trying to get, especially in a 4-2-5 or a 3-3-5, whatever you want to call it, you're trying to get your best five on the field, just like Bill Beatenbow on the offensive line. He Bray Walker should be playing tackle, but he might be playing guard because Bill Beatenbow is trying to get his best five on the field at any given moment. That's why Cody Ford... They would played right tackle last year, and it worked wonders. So, you have Delarian Turner Yale, DTY, and you have Pat Fields working exclusively with the ones, and then but you also have Robert Barnes, and who coming off injury, Chance Sylvie coming off injury, also working with the ones, but they're also working with the twos as well. Do you think? DTY and Pat Fields are working with the ones is a sign to come for what will happen in fall camp, or do you think, not fall camp, but fall, like right before the Houston game, or do you think Barnes and Sylvie are only getting ones right now because of their, maybe, their injuries and that they're just trying to bring them in slowly? Or do you think yes? You would think so, but at the same time, all four of these guys, wouldn't you agree, 
all four of these dudes we've mentioned, if it happens to click for any one of them, they're good enough to be maybe an all-Big 12 caliber player, wouldn't you say, if it clicks? I would say that Pat Fields can be really good. I don't know about DTY. He kind of makes me nervous sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he's a heat-seeking missile, and that's always, he's fast nice. That's always nice to have. Robert Barnes, man, he's he lost so much speed at South Lake Carroll after his of broken course, leg. Yeah. And then now he's had... He showed flashes last year, but he kind of had his same issues. He wasn't quite as physical as you wanted him to be. I mean, you saw him get trucked by Josh Jacobs, obviously. And he's had leg injuries, which you don't know how fast he is now. I I didn't know if he was fast enough to play defensive back at Oklahoma coming out of South Lake Carroll because of his broken leg. And now, like, he was a little slow last year. I was like, well, we'll we'll cut him some slack. We're slow two years ago. We'll cut him some slack because... You know, he he came off a broken leg. Yeah. Like he, I mean, he was a five-star recruit to some services. Like, okay, let's cut him some slack. I mean, it takes a while to get rehab that thing. And then he's dealing with some more serious injuries on his legs. Like, I don't know how physical he can be, and I don't know how much juice his legs have in them. Now, Chance Sylvie, he's had some stuff, some injury stuff as well, but nothing is serious. I was never as I'm never I was never worried with Chance Sylvie being fast i always knew he was a very physical back and he was like a leader when they played in the army all-american game but i was never worried about him being very slow on the field because robert barnes got the guy's stiff yeah he reminded me of alex ross (laughs) like he's stiff like there's it it's it's awkward to watch him run because there's no cuts happening Uh -uh. there's no rapid change of direction happening it looks uncomfortable, especially and now with his latest injuries, keeping him out all summer in spring, and now he's in fall camp getting reps. Man, it worries me. Yeah. But at the same time, you know all four of them are going to get their auditions. Oh, They're gonna, the cream's going to rise right. to the top. Whether that cream is good enough to True. really be good enough in the Big 12, we'll see. But if it's DTY or Pat Fields or Chance Sylvie, or hell, if what's his face surprises us, Robert Barnes. Barnes. Cradell. Oh, uh, well. Cradell is my favorite of all of them, yeah. so we'll see. And yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's just. But anyway, they're all going to get their opportunities. Yeah. And that's the that's In the games. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it's. Especially against. Maybe not against Houston. You hope not against Houston. Yeah. Right? Remember the last time they played Houston? They auditioned like three guys at cornerback where, Paris, where, where Dakota Austin was. And they was all at. failed. And it was bad. <laughs> it was so awful. And uh, so we'll see. And I think they're going to go with, as of right now, they're going to go with Delirian Turnio, Pat Fields, because they've been healthy. They've been able to work out. They've been able to study still. And they've been able to apply studying to spring, to summer, whereas other guys are getting healthy and not being able to get more physical, not being able to put on good weight or lose bad weight. And Grinch has seen them more. Or, I mean, like you're not really supposed to technically work with them you know benny wiley is and benny wiley can do all that reporting but it just right now looks like larry turner and pat fields and i think a lot of sooner fans might be okay with that quite frankly i mean i'm when i hear those names i'm i'm thinking okay i'm and not this is that's been the buzz since the spring is that it would be maybe those two yeah and those were because the, they were healthy and pat fields came in at the alabama game for robert barnes and you thought oh my goodness this might not be good and he played did better pretty, than barnes he did, did pretty well yeah and you're like okay well all right let's let's work with this and i think they want guys i heard i heard this on the radio or something i don't know where i heard this maybe it was the radio 
that they're going to play the guys that are going to be conservative as far as keeping everything in front of them and not willing to give up the big play. But I think that's, I think wherever I heard that, that's wrong. And I feel like that's totally wrong. That would go against everything that Grinch has preached. Exactly. That would go against Grinch, what he has preached. And that would go against Delarian Turner Yale's style of play. Delarian Turner Yale is not going to keep everything in front of him. He's going to go and he's going to be aggressive and try to make a play on the ball. He's going to go try to make a play on the person that's trying to catch the ball. And it goes, like you said, it goes against the defense, keeping things in front of them. No, they're, they're going to blitz on third down. They're going to press you on third down while blitzing and say, hey, we're pressing on the outside. Can you can your wide receiver get open before our linebackers get to you? Yeah, of course, rushing more than three guys, not playing 10 yards off the ball yeah. with the receivers. I mean, this is the stuff we were trying to uh, shake from the Mike Stoops era, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So... But let's move on to the defensive defensive line because we've got more secondary talk a little bit later because there's been a lot of news coming out of fall camp. After practice, Calvin Thibodeau was asked if the defensive line, according to like Sooner lore, you know, the Jared McCoys, Tommy Harris's, the Selman brothers, have they been up to, have they been playing and practicing up to the Sooner standard, not in camp, but as far as the last few years? Duh, no. And he says... No. He says, we haven't. That's been crystal clear. We've got to be better. And I think those guys have taken on their responsibilities. He said, it's easy to talk about it, but come Saturdays, we got to produce. I mean, he would know better than anybody on the staff right now after how the defensive line has been producing, and it hasn't been much. When's the last time you thought Oklahoma's defensive line or defensive front was pretty serviceable? serviceable 2015 probably when they had tapper tapper is that jordan phillips jordan phillips yeah i mean is that charles walker but not like not charles walker as a starter is that was that yeah charles, yeah charles walker he played most of that year and then he set out the uh that's, orange bowl that's game right because that he got a concussion yeah right and then obviously <laughs> had his whole thing with 2016 all that drama yeah but yeah, it was twenty. And when before that? Yeah, before that. Oh, like two thousand nine. Nine. That was a great defensive line. Yeah, this is a great defense. Yeah, in general, that that was one of the best defenses OU's had in the twenty first century. The was, 90. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was matched with a terrible young offense. quarterback yeah. and a young offensive line. So yeah, that defense is probably the best since like early two thousands. Yeah, I'd say the best since 03. Yeah, definitely. And of course. We see that, and Calvin Thibodeau goes on to talk about Isaiah Thomas. And, of course, when we say Isaiah Thomas, people think about famous basketball players, Detroit, and then this short one that played for the Celtics for a while. Yeah. But in Oklahoma, we have an Isaiah Thomas for that place for the Sooners, and he plays defensive end. He's like just 270-something. He's a big kid. Long, too. Long, athletic, an athletic 270. And... Thibodeau says he's making plays. He's flashing how good he can be. And we talked about Kenneth Mann a while ago, like a podcast like a month ago, that reports suggested he might be out until Texas. Yeah. Maybe a little bit after. With the shoulder stuff. With the shoulder stuff. And Kenneth Murray, Kenneth, Kenneth Murray, Kenneth Mann being out, giving Ronnie Perkins a lot of burn, giving Isaiah Thomas a lot of burn. And, I mean, 
it's making way for a lot of guys to play because you've got a lot of bodies on the defensive line they're going to play. You got Jalen Redmond who can be your rush edge slime rush end whatever you want to call him. He can him. probably play any yeah. position along the line other than the nose you would think, right? Yeah. Pretty and, much. And you've got of course Neville Gallimore, you got Marquise Overton, you've got Laron Stokes, Dylan Famatau, uh Corey Roberson, who's probably going to play as a true freshman. You have Kenneth Mann when he's healthy. Ronnie Perkins. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. You've got a lot of players. Really not terrible depth, especially yeah. considering how much you've lost over this offseason. Exactly. A lot of attrition. Tyree Slott. Ron Tatum was gone. You used to have Addison Gums, who would be thriving in this defense right now. That was a shame. Mm-hmm. I was really big on him. Everyone was. Yeah, oh, he was going to be great last year. And yeah, he was. He was the leader in camp, and then he transferred. Yeah, because of that injury. Odd, yeah, that was a weird deal. That was an odd situation. That was an odd situation. But I mean, just he, felt like nothing was going right for him at Oklahoma. Essentially, yeah. and needed to move closer to home, I guess. But rooting for him at Oregon State, he's going to be playing on a terrible team. But and they get Corvallis isn't too bad though. Wouldn't my, be terrible to live there. And his, I think his brother plays at Oregon State, right? I'm not sure. And I mean, I guess we could tune into an Oklahoma State football game that when Oregon they play Oregon State. State yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Because they play, they do play each other. So the I mean, two orange and black OSU's that are ag yeah. schools. And then Oklahoma State should kill them. Oregon oh yeah, so yeah. bad. But I mean, Horrible. along the defensive front. Grinch wants to play a new style of football to really slow down spread offenses. And he said, you can't do it anymore with massive 330 bounders. You can't do that anymore. That's not how TCU's done it. That's not how Iowa State's done it. And, I mean, you can you can do it if they're like a freak athlete like if a Tommy If it's a Gerald Harris McCoy or, or a Gerald like McCoy, that, yeah. you can 100% do that. Sue. And in and if you see those like at Oliver, if you see those guys and they're willing to come to your program, you welcome them with open arms. But as of now, you can't play with that. When when Ohio State won that national title against Alabama in the college football playoff, the average weight along that defensive line, it wasn't three twenty. It was like two eighty. Lean dudes. That's Very, essentially where uh where Neville Gallimore is at yeah. this point. Like flat bellied and Neville, we saw in Neville, he's not a flat bellied guy, but he's certainly trimmed down. Oh, yeah. And he is toned. And I mean, and as athletic as he is, I mean, he was athletic with all that weight. Mm-hmm. Imagine how good he's going to look out on the field at this point. Right. It's going to be fun to watch. And you're going to have flat bellied defensive linemen that are like, you see, you're going to see ab- abdominal definition. You're going to like, remember when, oh, who was that? Sean Oakman? That stupid picture of him. That, that became a meme. That became a meme, and like he had his jersey tucked underneath his, underneath his shoulder pads, and it was just like his abs just like falling out. Pretty much, that's what the kind of defensive lineman Alex Grinch wants. Yeah, and I mean, I'm here for it. I'm excited, and these guys are one gap scheme. They know pre-snap what their alignments are. They know what the read is. It's a simpler defense from the front to the back, and they're gonna fire off the ball now. My question about this to you is, what are your expectations for this group on the defensive line? Improvement. Nothing great, but an improvement, you would think. What would be an improvement to you? Well, not just eating up blocks, essentially. It's schematic, largely. And the body changes, like we talked about. You know, last year and the year before, and the year before that, 
It was mostly three dudes rushing, but they were mostly just eating blocks. So bad. It was inept, (laughs) you know. But uh, now that it seems like they're operating with a bit more purpose, Mm -hmm. I feel like you have nowhere to go but up. It's just... And And the personnel, honestly, you look at it, there's a lot of potential there, and there's yeah. not bad depth. Yeah. I mean, who, for the defensive front right now, you would think Redmond at the jackbacker, right? Yeah. Or rushbacker, whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, whatever now. you want to call it. Rush end, defensive and end, then jackbacker. Neville in the middle. Yeah. Then you would have Laron Stokes and Ronnie Perkins at the other two spots. Yeah, that's what I'm, you think? I'm thinking. I'm thinking Laron Stokes and Ronnie Perkins. That sounds like a pretty good unit, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, like, that, that seems good. And there's not bad talent behind them either. On paper, I feel like they could be pretty good. On paper, that defensive line should be really good. Like, Ronnie Perkins takes a leap from his freshman year to his sophomore year. If Gallimore finally does what he's supposed to do. Yeah, Gallimore is finally takes that leap on the field, as we've heard from the practice here the last two years after he's cut 30 pounds and is much faster now than he was previously. And now he just has a gap to rush through, not eat a block. And then you have Jalen Redmond, who Alex Grinch... Oh my gosh, Alex Grinch and Brian Odom, and not really Brian Odom, but Tibbs, love what he can be because the guy's a freak athlete. He's a monster waiting to be unleashed on the football field, but he's had blood clots. They're going to clear him, and he's going to take days off because As he should. they're going to monitor him. because You can't play with something you like can't that. Play like, you can't play with that. And they're going to monitor him, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him only practice like three days a week three or like ticket every other day off or something like that during the season especially in the middle he, of it he he's talented enough where he can make up for yeah. that loss and Perhaps, he plays I mean, a position to where i mean it's not like you have a lot of reads going on exactly go get, get the, to quarterback. the quarterback yes exactly contain the edge get to the quarterback and i mean Kick ass. <laughs> like the coaches love what he can be and i just look at it neville gallimore taking a taking a leap to what he should be, what the coach is saying, oh my gosh, he's actually doing it. Ronnie Perkins in that second year. Jalen Redmond in that second year, but getting healthy and staying healthy. And then Lincoln Riley loves LaRon Stokes and said, this is like, a, this guy was homeschooled. And Talk then, about a diamond in the rough. Yeah, he was homeschooled and he played some high school and nobody really recruited him. You get him and you're like, whoa, this guy picks up stuff real quick and he's actually pretty good. Like Diamond in the Rough is like it's like on it's like on NCAA when you're recruiting a two-star guy, and then you you, you press the scout button and he turns out to be like eight points higher than he actually is and he's labeled as a gem. That's kind of how the coaching staff labels and thinks of Laron Stokes right now because he can play and he's smart. And they essentially chose him over the kid from Butler mm-hmm. uh, who ended up at Texas. Yeah, they essentially told him to walk, and now they end up with Laron Stokes who. Now you kind of know why they were doing well, that. He's going to get playing time. Yeah. Like a lot of snaps. And I look at it, and then you look at the depth behind it. I mean, Dylan Famatau, Q Overton. Q Overton is not a guy that's going to kill and get into the backfield. But he's going to be a guy that kills your rush game. And same thing for Famatau. You have Isaiah Thomas. You have Kenneth Manip when he's healthy. And then you have, I mean, who else you put at Jack Backer? Nick Benito. Getting bigger, but probably still not yeah. there yet. Mark Jackson, maybe. He's had his chances. So he, it's like... He has a ceiling. Maybe I'm blanking on somebody right now that should be in my brain. But, I mean, 
there's not a lot of candidates right now. Jack Backer, that I mean, I thought Ronnie Perkins would be out, out, opposite of. He'd be good at the Jack Backer, but he's better served elsewhere. Yeah. So I my my expectations for this group are high, because that's a good unit, and in the Big Twelve, they should be able to wreck teams like Texas Tech, Kansas, Kansas State, uh, maybe. Iowa State, you know, they should be able to beat teams on the line of scrimmage. West Virginia for sure. Oh, gosh. Neil, They're going to be bad. Neil Brown with that awful presser at the Big 12 Media Days. Basically, he told I, I, I mean, that that doesn't really he told impact my opinion of him because I think he's really good. But, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he was basically just like, guys. We're young. Manage your expectations. Yeah. He basically said that. He said, we're young. And then he said, we're going to have to have the fans have a little more patience. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and well, and, he, and he's not wrong. Yeah. That, that's the right thing to say, honestly. I mean. I wonder how Austin Kendall feels about this. I don't comments. feel like West Virginia fans are great with expectations or, uh, or being level-headed. Or, yeah, I mean, so. So my expectations of the defensive line, they're really high, especially with the guys they have. I mean, we'll see. I mean, that first game out of the gate is a serious one. And Houston's run game, probably their organized run game, as far as like handing off to the running back, probably not going to be great because their offensive line is going to make shift. But, I mean, you have the scramble drill with Derek King, and that's going to be good. another monster. Like I talked about this, and I felt pretty comfortable with other people saying that too, that maybe, that if you had to ask me, Oklahoma plays maybe not the best quarterback, but he's up there week one. Derek King is a monster. Are you talking about like Oklahoma's full schedule? Mm-hmm. I guess you'd have Brock Purdy, Ellinger. I, I I'd take him over Ellinger. I'd probably call that a push with Purdy, push with Brewer. Probably yeah. he he's definitely up there. Dana Holgerson with wide receivers, a mobile quarterback that's a dynamic athlete. That's terrifying. Yeah. Now the offensive line's not doing him any favors, and the defense. Quote, quote unquote is faster getting to the ball this year but we'll see week one is a football game it's not it's not south dakota week two looking forward to interviewing whoever we find for south dakota yeah oh you know uh we just took our check <laughs> and then went down to norman what are we gonna ask them i guess about mount rushmore have you been to mount rushmore no i haven't it's very underwhelming yeah, I've heard that. In the it's movies, not as big as... it seems massive. You get there and you're like, "That's it." I mean, in retrospect, it's a big rock, but yeah, you're like, "Oh, I was expecting." I mean, it I've to been be... to South Dakota, but mostly like I twenty nine. Yeah, so it's you know, it's very underwhelming. Yeah, like their football team apparently. So yeah, I think South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, aren't they better? Yep, the Jackrabbits. They're pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. They they gave TCU a run for their money a few years ago, from what I recall, Gosh. but not the uh, Coyotes of nope. South Dakota. So. So that, that's that's just a game where Oklahoma's going to ream them and get their backups in. Get in, their pay-per-view money. Yeah. Gosh. Five mil. Secondary. Roy whatever Manning. Whatever it is, I don't know. Roy Manning loves Trey Brown, and he just loves life. I mean, you see all those Twitter videos? Roy yeah. Manning is a great follow. He is. And not because, like, he tweets a lot of, like, things. He just tweets out videos, and you're shredded. Like, wow, I don't even need coffee for today. I'm ready to go work out, or I'm ready to just start my day with Roy Manning. And he talks about Trey Brown, and I'm going to get a little angry because it makes my blood boil every time I see stupid crap like this. So Roy Manning talked about Trey Brown in the secondary. He says, Trey Brown, a junior. I thought he had a really good summer. 
it seems like he's playing pretty damn good right now. Again, it's early, he goes on to say, but we're going to take those wins every chance we get and be positive with those guys. He loves, he, he, Trey Brown is like the guy at cornerback. You know, if there's anybody at cornerback, he's the one that's starting. He's the only sure starter in the secondary, period. 100%. Yeah. And why, tell me why he couldn't get on the field when Mike Stoops was coaching the defense? No idea. He, I mean, what the hell? I, I don't know how you take that version of Trey Norwood and put him over Trey Brown. Like, what the. <laughs> I'm going to say a lot of four letter words. Go for how, it. How in your fucking mind are you, Mike Stoops, not seeing this guy? Like, you see this guy every day in practice. He is clearly. Like he, when you put him on the field, good things happen. And you're not going to start him. You're going to like put him in spot duty. Oh, oh, Parnell's tired. He just ran a streak down the field defending somebody and face guarding. Um, let's put Trey Brown in. Oh, he actually bat down a pass. He actually covered somebody because... He your, actually turned around for the ball. Your system hasn't ruined him yet as a true freshman. How can you do that? That blows my damn mind that as soon as Mike Stoops got nixed... Trey Brown's on the field 100% of the time. He makes the biggest, one of the biggest plays of the Big 12 title game. One of my favorite plays in recent OU memory, too. Oh, definitely. Oh, God, I was, you were in the stadium. I was there, there, too, man. It was so loud from the OU sa- portion when that happened. I mean, that was maybe 35% of the crowd yeah, was, I was OU people, 35, but it was the loudest that the stadium was all day. It was amazing. It, I, I'm getting chills just thinking yeah. about it. it and it's just... It pisses me off knowing, because everybody knew it. A lot of people were like, man, put in Trey Brown. He's your best corner. Everybody knows this last year, and you're not going to play him because the rumor is he wasn't a practice player. He's not trying really hard and getting extra reps after practice. So we're going to put in Parnell Motley or Trey Norwood, who Trey Norwood led the team and as as the best cornerback as far as what the pro football focus is about but that's because very he, low bar but yeah he put he kept everything in front of him yeah he didn't let a lot of big plays over the top happen so that's what they liked about trey uh trey norwood but that's a mike stoops wet dream right there <laughs> it's, it's the worst <laughs> and that's the way and that's the way he played too conservative keep the ball in front of you don't let the big gain happen or at least don't let the touchdown happen whereas trey brown he'd play up on him and he would use his speed to recover and try to bat a pass down. It blows my damn mind he couldn't get onto the damn football field until Mike Soups was fired and the rumor of Curtis Bolton and him almost punching each other in the locker room. Like Which this, who knows? I the mean, scene it, from it Varsity Blues. We don't know. Like, we weren't doesn't there. Doesn't seem like it was true, but still. There was animosity. The last the last real thing you saw with Mike Stoops was the Julian Wilson on the sideline thing when everybody was officially pissed. At the OU defense, OU Baylor, 2014, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I, I will never forget that. I left at halftime. I said, like, okay, I left after the first offensive series when Baylor just methodically seven yard out, seven yard out, seven that yard out. That should have been the end of it. That yeah. right there, but it wasn't obviously because his brother yeah. was the head coach. I left after that first drive, and I said, and everybody's booing. And I said, I was thinking to myself, this is not Oklahoma football. I did not pay to see this BS. And, like, of course, like, 
I get to my car, drive home, and then you see the highlights later on ESPN. Julian Wilson and Mike Stoops just, like, Julian Wilson, like, yelling at Mike on the sideline. And it's just the most unnerving thing. So, we talked about Norwood earlier. He was working at Nickel versus Zabuki. We talked about... Working at Corner as well. At Corner 2. So now, Motley is the guy running for CB2. But at the same time, like you said, we're in camp. There's a lot of opportunity for guys to come in. And we're talking about young blood showing up. Jeremiah Cordell, I guarantee you he's going to get snaps. I guarantee you he's going to get significant snaps by the middle of the season. I don't know if he's going to be starting game one, but I can tell you he's going to get a lot of playing time versus South Dakota, and they're going to see what he really looks like. You're looking at uh, Jaden Davis, who, and Jaden Davis and Jeremiah Cordell, there's no coincidence that they're the most ready to play because of her modern day in St. Thomas Aquinas. Jaden Davis, Woody Washington, Miguel Edwards, and Miguel Edwards, you know, he was a guy who sort of fits the mold of mm-hmm. uh, Alex Grinch's yes. cornerbacks a little more than the other guys that were previously on campus. So, wouldn't be surprised to see him definitely get a real crack at it. And Jordan Parker, yeah, back at cornerback. Back at corner, yeah. Do you think maybe he's back at corner because of what happened here? I I really don't know because like he played actually pretty well his freshman year after being thrown to the fire. Yeah, con- considering well, I mean relative to because it was the good Austin, the others, yeah, Parrish Cobb, Makai Quick. And then Jordan Parker. He was the fourth guy, true freshman, and he played pretty well considering what was happening. I mean, I mean that was that was oh was it 2015 or 16? 16. Okay, and he played well considering everything happening. And then he gets hurt. He goes to safety because it slows him down. But now he's back at corner because they have so many safety prospects. And I mean, for right now, Trey Brown is your CB one. For right now, Parno Motley, he's going to be your CB2. But Alex Grinch, the name, of the, the name of the game, competition. And that, that he said that so many times in his presser the other day as he walked in with flip-flops and khaki shorts on <laughs> to a presser. I didn't see it. Was he, were they, like, what kind of khaki shorts were we talking about? We're talking straight, straight front uh, gray khaki pants. Okay, how long? Above the knee. Okay. So, like a normal person's khakis, yeah. then. Not like Mike Leach with the cargos. Oh, hell no. Oh, but I did see that audio of Mike Leach talking about that how much was he funny. loves cargos. He's like, dude, he's like, I don't want these things whipping my legs. He's like, people just bring me cargo shorts and I just wear them. And he said he had like several pairs. I don't own cargo shorts anymore. I haven't owned cargo shorts since 2005. I'm proud of that fact. Yeah. I, st- I think I stopped wearing cargo shorts when I got out of high school. Or when, when I, I think that's when school. most people stop. They stop wearing like American Eagle and they yeah. stop wearing the cargo shorts. That's true. But I mean, they become adults. The thing I'm most excited about to watch this defense, and they talked about it. The players did. The coaches talked about it. News out of camp suggests that they're actually doing it. These players are actually looking for the ball, the defensive backs. Imagine they're, that. They're being taught to turn around and make a play. Weird how that helps things happen for you. And apparently, well, this is some black magic. I don't know if you're ready for it. Apparently, it's been causing a lot more turnovers created by the defense. No shit. What? How many times last year did you watch a game or watch film and say, man, if they just turn their head around. For the past three years. In two two seconds earlier, if they turn their head around while the wide receiver is clearly looking for a ball. The first big turnaround, turnaround game was that Houston game in 2016. Yeah. 
It's been a problem ever since. It's nonstop. Like, it's just like you you've seen so many instances. You've seen so many examples that man, they're in perfect position to defend this pass. How much of that do you think was Mike and how much of it do you think was Kerry Cooks? Mike and Kerry Cooks were were literally because of his scheme in the Big Twelve, I know this for a fact. They were teaching them to face guard. They were not teaching them to turn around for the ball. Fucking idiots. Like, I mean Unreal. Like, no wonder you're not getting turnovers. You're teaching them to face guard. Put your arms up at like five foot nine if you're Buki and like five foot eleven if you're Parnell Motley. You're not you're not they were not teaching them fundamentally to turn around. They were teaching them to face guard. And, once and they would do it up, just because they didn't want to draw a pass interference penalty. Yeah. But they would draw a pass interference penalty yes. anyway because the ref's not going to give you the benefit of the doubt when you're turned you're around and not looking ball. at the fucking ball. What the fuck? So that's why young players like a Trey Brown, they were so good because they hadn't been they hadn't had the turnaround coached out of them. <laughs> and it's unreal because like, man, why do people, why are they regressing as defensive backs? And we'll talk about this later. Because their coaches blow dogs for quarters, that's why. For real, like it does, it doesn't make sense. It's so frustrating. You talk about Jordan Thomas getting worse, and we'll talk about that in a bit. And it's it's unnerving that, wow, I'm excited to watch a defense and to break down a defense where the defensive backs actually turn around and look for the damn football, which everybody else in the nation is doing. Now Trey Brown, is, and Trey Brown was really good at this anyways, at breaking up passes, and now he's going to turn around and look for the ball. Well, it makes things easier. Wild, <laughs> wild. It's sad. It's 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 truly sad. But we have a little bit more to talk to you guys about. Talking about some sports radio. Talking about the maybe unofficial but official quarterback battle actually happening in Norman right after our break for our sponsors. All right. So I'll listen to the radio today. Just because, you know, I was driving in my car and I didn't want to listen to Spotify. Jim Tra- <laughs> I, ha- I, I, I I'm already <laughs> about to not like this. The franchise was at break. And I love the franchise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's good, good stuff. Good dudes over there. Good dudes. Especially Brady Trantham. Shout out to this guy. Um... Traber. Sooner Sam as well. Yeah, Sooner Sam. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. And. OSU fans love him so much. I catch. Yeah, yeah oh gosh. Talking to those folks uh, at Cowboys Ride for Free at Media Days. <laughs> it was wonderful. That was great. Good people over there, too. They are. Yeah, they are. I catch the tail end of a conversation with Traber. He talks about. And maybe, maybe I'm just like off base here, but here's a couple of quotes that he says. Talking about Oklahoma returning, really like nine starters, ten starters, depending upon, you know, who what the personnel is. But guys that have played significant snaps, you return almost an entire defense. He says it's not good to return many defensive starters at Oklahoma when you rank that poorly in defense. I think he's over. I understand what he's saying, I but that's, that's saying. oversimplifying things. He's, exactly, he's over, he's oversimplifying it. I think for the defensive backfield, he might be right. Not really right, but I might have like there might be a grain of mm-hmm. validity to it. Right. Not along the front seven, though. I, f- right. I feel like the scheme change and like the body changes. I mean, I, I feel like that's and he was going to work out I fine. I don't know. He was talking to, and he says 
they couldn't cover anybody. And I just I just look at it and I look at the defense as a whole. It's not that they couldn't cover anybody. It's not that they don't have the defensive speed because they've got the players. They've got four-star players everywhere. Yeah, the last three years of recruiting classes, I mean, have been pretty solid on that side of the ball, honestly. I think part of it... Not all of them have panned out, but you can blame a lot of that on coaching, can't yeah. you? Yeah, in scheme. Yeah. Because if you're just rushing three, but your your idea is to not get penetration, pressure, whatever in the backfield with your defensive lineman, it's just to like say, hey, we got eight guys out in space. Wide receivers definitely can't find holes in zones. It's unbelievable to me. So when he said, oh, it's not good to return that many defensive starters, I think he was oversimplifying. I think that's a, I think that's a great way of putting it. Because it's like, wow, you don't think... And he's a hot taker. Hot takers always oversimplify. You don't that's think the defensive secondary can get any better, especially under a new coach with a new kind of like mindset. It's not a difference, really. It's not really that much of a different scheme, but it's a different style of coaching. It's a simplified version of coaching. It's a simplified scheme. The players know what to do before the snap. The, the pre-reads are much easier. It lets them go out and play. He goes on to talk about Brent, uh, Buki, it, Brend, Brendan Radley-Hiles, but he goes on to call him Brendan Radley-Hines for about the next five minutes. So he definitely know who's he's, who's who he is talking about. Can't talk. Neither could he. He labeled Trey Brown as, he said, he's not good. He's not He's not really good. He's pretty good. He's not good. He's pretty good. As in, he's all right. Which everybody else would suggest, I think Trey Brown is an excellent player. I'd say pretty good in a good way. He yeah, meant I would pretty s- good in a bad way. Yeah, he's is a slight. He's like, he's not good. He's pretty good. As in, he's all right. He's like, he's average, maybe. I think I voted Trey Brown, and this is, this is not a homer take. I voted Trey Brown as... I think second team or, or something. I voted him in all Big 12 media on defense. And there's not that many Oklahoma players you could say that about. No. And he's got the tools. He's got the speed. He's got the technique. He just needs to get on the field. And he did show out last year. He showed out really well. And he goes on to talk about Jordan Thomas. And I think he was talking to Matt Ravis. I think it's who, that's who it was. Shout out Matt Ravis. Good dude. Jordan Thomas, he says he got worse at Oklahoma as his career progressed. But he goes on with that without suggesting what could have caused that. Just a matter of fact, oh, he got worse at Oklahoma. Yeah, no shit. Not, without talking about the factors. Never mentioning Mike Stoops or Kerry Cooks at any point. Without talking about any factors. Like, oh, he in his, fir- in his first year actually getting a lot of playing time, he was projected as a first to second rounder, which he was. Oh, then he completely fell off the map after during his senior year. Well, what caused that? It's not just like it's no. It was no. It's no coincidence that during Mike Stoops' his second tenure, after 2013, it was no coincidence that players that were defensive backs played actually pretty well in their first years, and then by their last couple of years were kind of phased out. Maybe it's because you coached them differently maybe it's because they received lack of coaching maybe it's because you gave them bad direction maybe it's because you told them not to look for the ball maybe it's because you just like completely did not have their ears in the locker room 
There's a lot of things that go into this. And for him to talk about, oh, it's bad returning that many starters, I think it's a great thing that Oklahoma returns that many starters. They have experience. They have big game experience. Now, do they? They play need well? a bit of deprogramming, but I mean, yeah. they got they they brought in the perfect person for that because they've seen what it's like to be the butt of a joke, especially in the last two college football playoffs. There are guys there that have seen literally three college football playoffs in four years. There have been guys on the team that have seen that, and they know the offense is what got them there. They understand the quality of play that they have not been putting forth. Like, they're not dumb. They read the tabloids. They stay all off Twitter. They all have Instagram. They know they what everybody's saying. They read Crimson and Cream Machine. Yeah. They, they all know they probably don't, but what's whatever. being <laughs> said about them. They, it, it's just a simplified way of saying, oh, the defense wasn't good. Maybe they should have new guys. And I think that's such a poor argument. I think it's such a poor take. And I think it was really just like something to fill the air. Oh, of course. It was unnerving to me. It's like, would you rather have a defense with a new defensive coordinator that you're returning two starters or you're returning nine starters? Nine. Why? Well, not even only nine. You have 11 guys with starting experience, yes. too. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that, I feel like that's a no-brainer. And Again, why, you have to you deprogram ha- some of them. but Right. And you have to install a new culture. Yeah. But why would you rather have those experienced guys rather than maybe it's more of a talking point than a solid fact? I mean, it's it's like these guys have played real football. They played in big time games. They've showed up big time in a couple of games, like the Big Twelve title game. They showed up. Yeah. Shout out to Ruffin for that game plan, by the mm-hmm. way, saying, "You know what? You're gonna get yours through the air, but you are not gonna." run on us for five yards on yeah. third and three every time this time they stayed in the and they did the entire time yeah and it worked i mean it worked to it worked well yeah. enough I'll caleb say. kelly was able to use his athleticism in the in a, at us at the sam now it's no longer there so i just had a rant about it and another talk about media but this is not this is not on the radio this is just like everywhere People believe there's a quarter. Okay, people don't believe there's a quarterback battle going on that Lincoln Riley says there is. But I'm going to tell you, out of camp, there is an unofficial, official quarterback battle. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a synthetic quarterback battle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's there for the purpose of Jalen having an opportunity to seize it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but what I'm telling you to is. To galvanize the team. People think this is between Jalen and Mordecai. Jalen Hurts and Tanner Mordecai. It's not true. Rattler. The unofficial real quarterback battle is between Can we put like a soundbite of like a rattle? And Spencer Rattler. <laughs> it's news out of camp. It's strictly like this. Jalen Hurts has a lot of respect from the players. He commands the pocket wall. As you would think a guy has been to the national title a couple times. Has won SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Has been on several award lists. Hell, for like a good chunk of his freshman year, he was considered the Heisman frontrunner. Yes. People forget that. Yeah. <laughs> he has amazing pocket presence. A lot of respect. Spencer Rattler. He is as a ad, he is as advertised. He's athletic. He's not a Kyler Murray. He's not a freak mobile guy with wheels. 
But good enough wheels, though. Good enough wheels. He can run. He like, I would say, he is a better athlete than Baker. A little bit better athlete as far as than better ba- than I can't talk. He's a little bit better athlete than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, a little running bit. The ball, but not much better. No. But he is not. Not you're not going to see any design runs with him. Maybe one or two a yeah. game, kind of like you did with Baker. Yeah. But he is very accurate. He can make a lot of the throws and maybe suggestions that he has even without pads looked better than Jalen Hurts maybe one day these you know these three days that we're talking about but the heat if there is a quarterback battle the unofficial official one it's between Jalen and Spencer and not between Jalen and Mordecai that the media wants to talk and about. And Mordecai's a good player too I yeah. think. I mean despite how terrible he looked in the spring game. Oh, I think he, he's going to be a very good quarterback at another school. I've never seen that is the worst I have seen a quarterback play in a spring game in Oklahoma in a long time. He like that that trip shit all over himself summed it up. But it was bad. Him throwing bad balls, interceptions, horrible overthrows. accuracy. Him falling he has a down. live arm, but I yeah. mean, yeah, but and he can move around, but I mean, obviously he didn't show that because. And then Lincoln kept down, him but. in the game after everybody they're playing their walk ons and their fours and their threes and just throwing underneath routes to get him some confidence. The real battle is Rattler and Hurts, and. When Lincoln says they're not naming a starter right now, I kind of have an idea that he's looking at Spencer and he's looking at Jalen and letting this thing play out. Now, do he's going to give it to Jalen, but do I think? Yeah, do I think he's going to give it to Jalen? Yes, but he's going to let him be pushed. Why wouldn't you let mm-hmm. him be pushed? I mean, I don't, I don't see any downside in letting him be pushed. It's going to be good. And I mean, he's done this last. However many years, right? With Baker, he did it with Kyler. He's going to do it with Jalen. Oh, we're not going to name a quarterback until yada yada, until we feel comfortable. Last last two things, he's he's done a week and a half out. I think with Baker, it was nine days. Or I think with Baker, it was ten days. I think it, with Kyler, it was nine. So it's about that timeline. And because, like, it's prepping for a game week, you know? And... I don't think necessarily Spencer Rattler playing a significant amount of snaps is off the table. I think Spencer, Spencer Rattler, if he comes in during the spring. Oh, I mean, he it, well, if he comes in during the spring, Oklahoma might not bring in Jalen Hurts. I think it's I think that's fair. Yeah. If he comes in during the spring. Because they knew ahead of time he wasn't going to come in the spring. Right. But... That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's battling Austin Kendall for the starting job and probably beats Austin Kendall yeah. is what happens. He is very good. He makes all the throws. He can make all the throws. Now, does he have big game experience? No. Has he played D1 ball? No. So you're looking at Jalen Hurts, who is the last guy off the field every practice. He's the first guy there, last guy to leave. That's why you want at a quarterback. But I'm telling you, if Jalen Hurts goes down, look out. <laughs> you might have a Kelly you, Bryant. You Trevor have a Lawrence Trevor system. Lawrence, yeah. And that would be so unfortunate. He has all of the arm of Trevor Lawrence, too. It's <laughs> Now, Jalen Hurts is literally body-wise to a Spencer Rattler and anybody in that quarterback room. Yeah. Massive. I've never seen a quarterback with legs that big in my life. He looks like Cam Newton. He's enormous, yeah. I mean, the... The designed runs up the middle. Oh, 
in between the tackles that you're going to see from Jalen Hurts. And he's not a bad scrambler either. Yeah. He's going to stiff arm the hell out of linebackers and defensive I mean, yeah, backs. imagine like these guys from like Texas Tech and Houston. It's going to be sad. And South Dakota going up against this dude like in the open field. Mm-hmm. No, sir. That's not going to go well for them at all. Jalen's going to have a lot of rushing touchdowns this year. He will. He will. Maybe not a whole lot of yards rushing, but touchdowns in short yardage situations. Nice to have a guy like that. Just, yeah, I, I think that's right. And but well, Riley's mean, never really had that at quarterback, so that's going to be interesting to right. see that little extra weapon there. And man, I'm telling you, the longer this camp drags out, because we got about what? I mean, four weeks, three weeks, about four weeks to game day to Houston, which is a real game. There's no way you walk into that game thinking. Jalen Hurts is not the de facto starter. But as the season rolls on, I mean, of course, you're going to look what's in the QB room. And if something, if if Jalen Hurts has a really bad half against Texas, hmm. Never know. I, I don't see that happening, but I will say, I mean, even if Jalen Hurts is completely healthy all year and plays well, you're going to see Rattler play in four games this year. Definitely. Absolutely, he's gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna try. In a perfect world, they're gonna try to keep him under the redshirt rule. Obviously, mm-hmm. but we're gonna get to see him a little bit. We're definitely gonna see him against South Dakota State. You would think. I think you'll see all three quarterbacks during oh, South yeah, Dakota State, of course, or South Dakota, whatever. Or yeah, South. We're gonna probably say this to whoever we're uh, interviewing before this game. We're gonna say, "Oh, so how about the uh, South Dakota State Jackrabbits?" And they're gonna be like, "This is uh, South Dakota. Don't disrespect us." <laughs> And we're gonna be like, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, just take, we didn't mean to offend the mighty take your coyotes, yeah. And it, it, I'm telling you, to me, it could be a uh, major Apple White Chris Sims deal. It could be a oh, who who was playing Matty? Was it Matt Mock? No, Ma- Matty Mock was the one that sniffed the cocaine. Chance Mock. Chance Mock. It could be a Chance Mock and Vince Young situation. Are you Texas? I think Jalen Hurts is a little better than Chance Mock. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> but I'm saying, man... Quite if, a lot better, some he, might say. I'm saying, if he looks real bad against in a game... Oh, well, yeah. I'm not surprised. No, I, I, I know what you're saying. Because Spencer Rattler's the real deal. Oh, he is. Just I'm, I'm, What I'm saying is just consider me a Jalen Hurts believer. Oh, yeah. Whoever Lincoln Just Riley, because I think he has such good command of it already. Yeah. And, I mean, has a great head on his shoulders and... Is pretty talented in his own right and brings another dimension with the running and all that stuff. Yeah. Whoever Lincoln Riley trots out there, I mean, we know he's going to be good. Of course. Because he is like the quarterback guy. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, talk about their coach, Lincoln Riley. He's pushed them the most out of any coach I've ever had as a quarterback coach and as, as an offensive player. He knows how to get the most out of a quarterback and the most out of an offense. And now that you're adding a Grant Calcaterra that's going to be a little more experienced in that new kind of offense that they're going to have to – because they're going to have to run wrinkles. They can't, they can't play the same way they play with Kyler. Not quite. And you're also going to use Braden Willis now at an H-back that you kind of had in Carson Meyer last year, but, you know, Carson Meyer's not Dimitri Flowers. Of course not. Now you're at – in Jeremiah Hall's not going to start. It'll be Braden Willis. 
and he's kind of like a tight end, H-back sort of guy. He's, yeah, he could easily play the Y tight fluid. end as well. Yeah. That's where he was last year, and he's a natural at that position yeah. as well. He's a great hybrid. And he played quarterback sometimes for his high school team. Yeah. So he's a natural athlete. And whoever he trots out there, he trusts with the offense, and it's going to go. That being said, I mean, you know, that's about it for the op- that's it for the quarterback thing, and it's only been three days of practice and one day in pads. And this is already what we're hearing with the quarterbacks. You imagine what we're going to hear in two weeks? <laughs> I'm not really looking forward to that. A starter's but not going to be named. Yeah, probably not. It'll be close. We'll all know what's going to happen, but oh yeah, we all we all know Jalen Hurts is going to be a starter. Unofficially. There might be a better quarterback. There might be a better passer. Oh, oh, well, I, I would say that right now that there's a better passer. Yes. And Spencer Rattler, but... I think Spencer is a much better passer. He's very accurate. He's... He, ha- he has it all as a passer. He does. Jalen Hurts right now is a better quarterback. I think it's fair to say. But the next time we're on here, we'll talk about the offense a lot more. And we'll talk about how terrified we are in shambles of the offensive line because the defensive line has been looking really good in practice because they've been killing the offensive line so far. And that'll be good for the offensive line in the long run. Yeah. They need a little wake-up call. But, but I, I mean, like we've said a hundred times, by the time the middle of the season rolls around, this offensive line is going to be a group of bad motherfuckers. But mm-hmm. the first few weeks, good thing they're playing some – Less than stellar defensive yeah. competition. Soft opponents. Yeah. So they'll have time to mature as long as they're good by Texas because that's obviously going to be a real right. challenge. Right. Who knows? You know, Texas is only returning three three starters. They've got some talent, though. But they've got talent. Yeah. And they're coached by Todd Orlando. Todd Orlando right is legit. He, he's much smarter than his head coach. I think it's fair to say. Vodka Tom. More, uh, more substance there, I would say. I got I, I bought a book from a different head coach that was on that was on the table when you know we walked in here. Jason Brown. Hate me now, love me later, a book written by Jason Brown. Does I'm, he does he just write about cigars and caddies? You know, I haven't even and, uh, I haven't even read the first chapter yet. I'm gonna read it as soon as we get done with the podcast, but I'm curious to see how many times he says fuck. And like I really wanna know. I'm curious to see. Open one page and see how many F-bombs you see right now. I'm curious to see... Let's write a page. I'm curious to see what kind of, like, combinations of cuss words. Like, how creative does he get? Because he doesn't get that creative with it in real life. All right, I'm on... Maybe if he has time to reflect, he can get creative with it. I'm on page 71. Okay. I just flipped to it randomly. He, in the first paragraph here, he said the word shit and fucking already. And then you go down to the third paragraph. He says, shit twice. You get down to the fourth paragraph. Wow, no curse words in this one. Hey, making progress. You go to the last paragraph of the page on page 71. I love the quote. I'm looking at the quotes on the back of the sleeve of the book. There's one from Michael Rappaport, actor, Uh comedian. Yes. Uh, Brad Sorensen, quarterback. But I love that Michael Rappaport is one of these quotes. He's a dumbass. But uh, he says, Coach Brown is one of one, a total original. 
Watching him on Last Chance U was the most interesting thing on TV. Okay. Fascinating. Wow. Who who paid him for that? Not Barstool, because yeah. Barstool fired him, but... Oh, gosh. But, yeah, there's... Yeah, oh, two more F-bombs in that last paragraph. So, I mean, I'm excited to read. I mean, I mean it'll probably be a little more entertaining than Bob's book. I Man, I read a... Ch- I have Bob's Ooh. book. Well, Not to brag, but I, I read the chapter on... The Paul Thompson, Rhett Bomar thing. Okay. And the 06 season with the uh, Statue of Liberty. It's good stuff. It really is. What's he say about the Statue of Liberty? <sighs> I forgot. It's been like a month. Does he say how sad he was? Yeah. I mean, he he says something about how it's not as tragic as people kind of made it out to be, which is a very Bob Stoops thing to yeah. say. I mean, you see a team that you should have beat, and actually we're winning against until that hook and ladder. And then they went on a Statue of Liberty. God, yeah, I remember being at that game, like and the elation that you felt when Marcus Walker yeah picked had that pick six. Mm-hmm. I thought I'm, I'm watching like, it. The so OU, the OU uh, section is all chanting soon or magic, and then the shit hits the fan, yeah. and it happens on like the last play of regulation too. Mm-hmm. It was just. It was so improbable. You're bringing up really bad memories. Yeah, and I mean, like, oh god, it was, was that Quentin Cheney? I can't, I, in the back of my mind, Quentin Cheney chasing after. No, Quentin Cheney was a receiver. Who was the other one? It was uh, Lindy Holmes. Lindy who was Holmes, chasing that's him, number eleven. They, yeah. they, they were one of them. They both played wide receiver, and then Lindy trans went over to the defense. Yeah, he side. did. That's right. I have really bad thoughts now. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I remember watching that Marcus Walker pick six and thought they're gonna win. And then I, the rest just happened to. It's not you watched it; it happened to you. And the running back Definitely. goes and proposes. And to I mean, his when you're walking out of the stadium, the mixture of emotions, because you witnessed something that was so incredible, mm-hmm. yet your team just took one on the face. Yeah, in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, in a bad. <laughs> you just, uh, I felt really sad. Yeah. But did you feel okay? We're gonna open up more wounds here. Did you feel more awful about that play? Did you feel more awful about that post game or the Oregon game in Eugene? The Oregon game. On way well. See, it's different because it was a different emotion. Because after the Oregon game, you were mostly mad. Because which anger you knew anger. They won. Yeah, exactly. Because anger it sort of masks the uh, the emotion of sadness. Mm-hmm. And is easier to cope with, I think. Yeah. So, in a way, that was less painful, I right. would say. Because you were just really angry because... You a, were more sad about what happened with Boise. Yes. So, it, it, it was different emotions. That's fair. That's fair. Because Eugene, not only did they touch the ball before it went 10 yards, Oklahoma actually recovered it. Recovered the ball. And p- nobody knew that at the time. Alan Patrick's really- like YouTube had just come out essentially, yeah, and not everyone had access to that, and like social media wasn't quite a thing yet. It, I mean, there was like, yeah, Facebook was like right in its early stages. Yeah. Like yeah. there was MySpace and mm-hmm. Zanga, but only like emo kids were on those. But like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, you never saw anything about the recovery on Sports Center, yeah, or anything like that. The Reason that I and they they reviewed it in the stadium exactly. What the hell are they looking at? They <laughs> see and they didn't even show that on TV. They didn't yeah. show the recovery. You saw that 
you saw the image of Alan Patrick holding up the ball. Yeah. In like the newspapers after. Yeah. I mean, it hardly anyone like you still to this day on Twitter have to remind people who aren't OU fans that OU recovered the ball. People don't know yeah. that. It's wild. And I remember like the Pac-12 coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, fucked up." And that that crew suspended a week or something like that. I don't even know what it was. But they got some death threats. I remember that, mm-hmm. which obviously you don't like to see. But a lot. It happened. Either there were a lot of them. <laughs> you kind of just look at it and you go, hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, whatever. But man, it is a Tuesday night. I mean, it's early in the week, kinda. Tomorrow's Wednesday. What do you? What do you, got, you got any plans for the rest of the week? Well, Thursday I'm flying to Chi Town for my cousin's wedding. That'll be pretty fun. Open bar. Oh yeah, Catholic wedding and a gay wedding. So oh, like double. Very nice. A lot of drinking for sure. So lots of fun. Yeah, it'll probably be like they'll probably be like DJ and all that kind of stuff. It'll probably be pretty fun. Plus, it's in downtown Chicago on like a rooftop, so like that'll be pretty dope. That's awesome. Yeah, can't wait. Man, are you gonna spend any more? Are you gonna spend any time out there other than just for the wedding? I oh god, I was thinking about this. Um, I I've got a buddy who lives up there, and he and I, I think we were talking about taking the train from Chicago to Champaign. Mm-hmm. To go to the final remaining fat sandwich location. Do you remember Ooh, Fat Sandwich? I do. I do. It, I I was a fat sandwich enthusiast when I lived in Norman, mm-hmm. and then it closed down when like what 2010, 2011 yep. maybe. Yep. And I've had this void in my heart since then. Now, to Diamond Dogs' credit, they have filled a portion of that void. True. But it's not quite the same as Fat Sandwich. So, I think we're going to go to Champagne on Friday, maybe. It's only like an hour and a half train ride. Yeah, that's not bad. And it's like 10 bucks. Might as well do it. I've never seen Champagne before, but yeah, might even make a post about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, and might go to... I think the Cubs are not in town, because I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah. But might check out whatever Kamitsky Park's called now. Yeah, for the White Sox, but that's pretty cool. We'll see. But Chicago's really fun. I like it more than New York, honestly. You can breathe a little bit more. Yeah, that's, that's it's fair. not quite as congested, but it's still happening. Yeah, that's cool. So that'll be fun, man. For the rest of the week, since I work in a new district, I have a bunch of like orientation stuff, and it's the stuff you already know, and it's the stuff that you shouldn't do, and stuff that you should do, and just like if you're experienced. Yeah, I'm just going to sit there and be sad because I already know all this stuff. But, I mean, whatever. It is it's it is what it is. I really have no plans. That's, I, I will say that sounds less fun than going to a wedding in Chicago. It, it is. It's, I think it might be less fun cheaper, than going though. to a wedding. It's cheaper. True. True. I think I'm actually, I think I might get a free t-shirt out of it. Oh, there you go. Um, it, I'm, I'm sold. And breakfast. Can't have morning. enough t-shirts. It's true. Love them t-shirts. You have to sleep in them and then... Go work out in them. Yeah. They have they serve purposes. Sometimes. Even big t shirts can be a sleep shirt. I yeah. think that was a John Mulaney bit about the sleep shirt. Yep, you look like shirt. a Victorian doll in them, but <laughs> it's 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 important. Yeah. But Manny, have anything else? I think I'm good. Well, I think that about wraps us up. But hey guys. Next Check week. out Banner Society. That's the one Banner thing. Society. That's, that's the new SB Nation college football platform. You know, you've got Spencer Hall. You've got Buddy Elliott with the recruiting. You've Good got stuff. seven other 
SB Nation college football personalities creating very unique content. I feel like we had to plug them. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. They're all very talented writers. So check it out. And, they even have a newsletter. Yeah. And, hey, in, in the most recent, you know, SB Nation kind of podcast things, they labeled this podcast as one of the best college football yeah. podcasts. In in our network. As the top gross as one of the top grossing ones in yeah. our network. We've been doing pretty well with Man. the downloads and all that so stuff. Thank so you it's guys been nice. Yeah, thank you very for much. For listening. For thank you for retweeting, doing all that stuff. Rating, reviewing. I think we're up to like twenty four, twenty five reviews or, or rate ratings and many of them are all five, five stars. stars except for the one who didn't like our yeah, f bombs she doesn't like the f bombs but eh, whatever a lot of people are love it so she or he we don't know yeah we don't know we don't and we don't we don't want to attribute anything to that we, yeah we don't want to give karen more airtime than <laughs> she deserves but yeah, i don't know if it's karen but it's probably karen we are seems like a karen aren't we it does it does sound like a karen gotta be a karen. a karen probably a dental hygienist from midwest city with that haircut you know the haircut i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. she definitely complains to the manager at uh what, was what she is complaining? it oh let me think crest is crest. there a crest in midwest city probably i not. bet there is no well, maybe maybe probably crest they're out of her matcha something. <laughs> God. But yeah, we are on like every podcast app pretty much imaginable. Except I think except SoundCloud, that's it. Right? What's up? I Say think again. we're on every podcast app except Except SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Except SoundCloud. No Guys, SoundCloud. There's so many places to get podcasts. iTunes is the most popular. Spotify's pretty popular too. Spotify's good. Spotify's an easy one. And so, whenever you see our podcast, give it a five star and actually give it a review too. Only like, if you actually like yeah. us, but you do like us. So, if you're this yeah. late in the game, if you're, what are we like? We're like over an hour in. If yeah. you're still listening to us, you like us enough to give us a five star. It's rating. true. I mean, come on. It's true. If it's you're still true. listening to us banter, just give the just stop the podcast right now. Pause it. Click the five star button, and let's keep on going. Yeah. And if you want to leave a review, that's even better because when you leave positive reviews. And you give us five stars, it pushes you can the even ridicule, even more. You can ridicule Karen if you want it's to. It's true. Just use it as a platform to yeah. just burn Karen. Right. But hmm. you can follow us at crimsonandcreammachine.com. You guys can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Jack at CC Machine or his personal Twitter at JLarryShields. For non-sports stuff. Yes, for mostly. non-sports stuff. Mostly re- I mostly just retweet Jason Isbell, honestly. It's true. It's true. You can follow me at KMarabi and CCM. You can follow Alan Kenny at Blatant Homerism, who dropped a podcast the other day, and it was Talking really good. Talking about Iowa State, yeah, it with was uh, so good. Levi Stevenson drinking Natter Days. It was great. He always drinks beer when he's on our pods. I do sometimes, but I'm drinking a, let's see what we got here, Purified Drinking Water Market Pantry. Yeah, it's, it's a Target, Target brand. Target brand yeah. water. We're drinking Target water. Good stuff here. Good water. But uh, yeah, follow Alan and listen. And he creates he creates really good content. That guy X's and O's makes me feel like I've never watched football yes. before. Like we, we were talking the other day to Seth, and we were talking like, have you ever broken down film or have you ever watched film? And we just somehow got into the conversation of we watching film before, but not in the level Alan does. No, in Galaxy I, Brain. I just want to watch Medilgrad as a Medilgrad. Yeah, I want to watch film with Alan. Alan's gonna listen to this. Maybe I don't know. He'll listen to it. Not this far. Oh, maybe. And, we'll I'll, and I and I want to listen. And I don't. Want, I don't watch film with Alan because oh, that'd be fun. I feel like fly him out to Oklahoma. I, I feel like I'll learn so many things that I don't already know. I don't know. 
but I think it's the end of the podcast now. So I guess so. Yeah, that's a good way to end yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think it's great. So. Talking about Allen Medilgrad as Medilgrad next week because we talked about a lot of defense today, right? We, we the only offense we talked about was the quarterback situation. We'll talk about offense next week, and we'll tell you guys later.